and welcome to another episode of the Talking Horses podcast by the people, for the people, the weekly podcast that looks behind the curtain of the sport with a view to increasing understanding, accessibility and of course enjoyment of racing for all. Ben and Bruno back with you again for a bonus episode this week. Not often we do two in a week but that is a byproduct of us attempting to cover the top novice hurdlers and top novice chasers as seen so far this season in one episode. We realised we couldn't do it, and so as you now know, we split it. You've heard what we think about this season's novice hurdlers, now it's time to have a look at the novice chasers. Right, the chasing division which uh, is my area of expertise this week. Um, and I will say now that I've not gone into anywhere near the level of detail as you That's have. It's probably a good thing. I'd say, <laughs> it's definitely say a good it's thing. a clearer picture? I'd say there's definitely, yeah, that's a very fair point. I, when I started doing this, I wasn't really sure how I was going to approach it. I thought maybe I'd do what you would do and go through each division. And on reflection, you've definitely had the much harder job this week. <laughs> it's all right. I put myself up for it. Absolutely. Well, you, you, you've taken it with both hands. So yeah, I think when you look at the chases, you can sort of there's a bit more of a. It's it's easier to look at them across the two mile all the way up to the sort of three yeah. mile plus division, um, and consider them as a bit of a whole. So um, I've actually just gone straight in with the three that I've been most impressed with, and there's a few little form lines that I mention as I go through it, but. Um, and I'll, I'll go from third most impressed down to first, or up to first. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the first one, and I'm a little bit surprised with myself here, because I feel like this is a horse that I've, and you mentioned it last week, I think that you feel the same, that I've always sort of wanted to try and take on, because there's so much hype that goes with him. But uh, it's Fasal Vega. And I, I went back and watched his debut at Navin. And he beat a grade one winning two mile hurdler in in the pocket. Now I know there were question marks about Rachel's ride, but I don't think she was going to get close to Fasal Vega that day because Paul Townend barely did anything on Fasal Vega in front. <laughs> I think she just knew that, you know, I'll give him a educational ride, get close. But I I don't yeah I don't see that she did too much wrong there. That was on uh, two miles, soft to heavy. Um, so the manner of his victory there. Uh, on ground like that definitely suggests to me that there is, you know, not only an engine but um, but serious stamina, which I think we would have expected given um, that he is a foal of. I'll flip a I'm going to forget a name. Um, go on, help me out. Walk in the park. No, who won the mayor's oh, hurdle Quivega. five times? Quivega. Uh, uh, so uh, yeah, so you know, the, and she was doing all her winning over over further. So, um, <laughs> but um, so there's a question mark there over whether this is going to be an Arkle horse or whether this is going to be a Turner's horse. At the start of this year, I backed Mister Policeman for the Arkle, thinking that Fasal Vega might go for the Turners. Um, I think I'm probably feeling a little bit stupid about that now because I'm not <laughs> sure that Mister Policeman is going to make the jump up from his debut victory that he needs to to be considered a, a grade one and a two mile novice chaser this year but mm. stranger things have happened but um yeah i just wondered whether they might flirt with two and a half miles for fast vega at some point this season um but anyway 
that form of that Navin uh, win, St. Felicien was back in third, nine lengths back in third, and he ran much better than his seven-length defeat to Indiana Dream at Navin last weekend uh, would suggest. Um, tried to make all, just got really tired at the end. So that was definitely one of those where the, the winning margin was, was flattering to Indiana Dream, albeit I think that is an exciting novice chaser with a very interesting profile uh, in that he's only had three runs. I think one bumper, one maiden hurdle, and now this beginner's chase. That does imply that it's probably really difficult to keep him sound. So uh, if we see him again next time, um, you can be pretty sure that they're going to want to try and win whatever race they go for with him, um, mm-hmm. given how little they've been able to get him to the racetrack this year. But um, And then Spillane's Tower was 20 lengths behind Fasal Vega back in fourth and won a decent beginner's chase yesterday at Punchestown. Um, the only question mark I have with Fasal Vega is, and this is a pretty major question mark for a novice chaser, is his jumping. Uh, yeah. He jumped okay, jumped, jumped fine, yeah, put in plenty of good leaps, but he just looked a bit skewy over his fences. You can you can see it when you compare him with other horses in the race. And his back end, just his legs kind of skew out to the right a little right. bit. And it sort of just doesn't look entirely natural. But it might not matter. Uh, he right. might just have such a big engine. that, And it didn't really seem to stop him too much. Uh, and given the, you know, the sort of quality of that beginner's chase was, you know, it was more a sort of, graded race in all but name you know you're thinking his jumping will probably improve everything else is well and but you know i might be looking pretty stupid of having raised that as a question mark but yeah it was just it was an unusual jumping technique and relative to the, the two others that i'm going to mention um yeah he, he's certainly looked the most novicey um of the, mm. the sort of the, the the three that i'm going to mention and probably of the real sort of top level novice chasers we've seen so far the one who's perhaps perhaps looked the most novice what what were your thoughts I probably, on i probably i probably prefer a skew to a completely you know walking through a fence yeah approach, that's fair i suppose um and yeah like you say not maybe not unusual for uh, a novice to kind of go through that you do see that generally with with um horses tackling fences for the first time so yeah, let's see if that sticks when it comes to whatever his next appointment is. Um, yeah. But yeah, I'm still keen to take him on. I don't really know why. Uh, it's just a, probably a combination of all of the all of the hype, like you say, that's come come with that horse. Um, again, still not sure what to make of that whole race within the pocket because I've actually got in the pocket as one of my top three to 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 focus in on in this division. I think that horse will probably benefit from, I don't know, I feel like we had this conversation last season over hurdles. What was the right trip for in the pocket? Uh, was yeah, it two miles, was it two and a half? But actually, mm. is it somewhere in between those two is absolutely ideal or is it just maybe not absolutely top top quality in terms of, um, you know, when it gets to the absolute top table? Um, so, yeah, Jerry's out for me on Fasal Vega. Um, but there's no, I think the engine can count for a lot in this division. I mean, probably El Fabiolo is a, is a good benchmark of a horse that maybe doesn't jump as fluidly as a John Bond, but when it comes to the engine, as long as the yeah. horse is getting over its obstacles fairly fluidly, then that'll do the talking, won't it? It will. And Fasal yeah, Vega we just certainly to... had that in the home straight at, um, wherever it was 
uh, at uh, at Navan. Yeah, we we're just um, we're just at this point of the season now where you, you kind of you need to see you. Re- I, I sort of think you need to see horses novice chasers uh, a couple of times before you can sort of unless they're super impressive jumpers. You know, they if they have a average jumping round uh, on their 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 first start, then you know, give them a second run before you make a decision on whether jumping is an asset or a hindrance. Mm-hmm. Um, so that second run of Fasal Vegas will be super interesting because if he does brush up on some of those sort of jumping errors or maybe just if he does jump a bit more slickly, uh, then it's actually pretty ominous. And yeah, yeah, I mean, to think that Marine Nationale could be better than that, um, you know, it, it could be it could be those two at the top of the... Um, of the two-mile novice chase division uh, at the end of the season. The second horse, then, of the three, uh, and I've got two miles to three miles here because who knows uh, where he's going to end up, but it's Gaelic Warrior, um, mm. <laughs> another with just an insane engine. Um, beat, I know the way you're thinking, who was an 137-rated hurdler who had run respectably in grade ones last year and who had made an eye-catching start over fences on debut at Fairy House when he was a two-length second to Imagine, who has since won a grade two uh, novice chase last weekend. Um, so he, he beat, I know the way you're thinking, by 15 lengths at a canter on his chase debut at Punchestown, making more or less all of the running and just pull further and further and further clear. And it's just, you just don't see it. Sometimes those performances, it can be look sort of a bit, too good to be true, but I just I don't think this one was. I think it's just that it's it's pretty rare to see a horse at the top level put that much distance between other sort of good horses without really mm-hmm. looking like he he sort of you know um, moved a hair. So <laughs> the negatives were that he jumped slightly right. Mm-hmm. There's no massive surprise there. That's always been sort of you know something that has been flagged as a potential negative. I'm not really sure, apart from maybe in the boodles, that it's ever really cost him. Um, but otherwise, he looked a much more natural jumper of a fence than Fasal Vega did, which is, you know, which is really ominous. So where he goes, he he could yet go for an arkle, which would be the maddest thing, given we were all backing him for the stayers hurdle in the summer. Uh, but mm. he certainly proved that was over two mile two or two mile three. I think you're at, not going to um, let that go, are you? Uh, well, okay. no, well, I we have did. let it. No, I, I have let it go. I have the let it go. The fact that you're putting him up as a as your number two here is um, it is doesn't good. mean I'm going to doesn't mean I'm going to back him. I think I've given okay. up trying to trying to get him right uh, <laughs> okay. in, in an anti post really context happened. anyway. Yeah. I'm just gonna let, just gonna appreciate what we're seeing and <laughs> try not to attach the prospect of an anti-post bet to it. Mm. Um, but yeah, Gaelic Warrior was uh, you, you you rarely see a performance that's quite that. I watched it without the commentary, and I was just sort of watching it whilst other stuff was going on, and I was thinking, what? I wonder what the commentator is saying here because this this looks this looks pretty pretty stunning. Um, so yeah. Gaelic Warrior is my number two, and then I'll quickly do number three, uh, or the well, my number one rather, and then pass back to you for any thoughts on um, novice chases that you've got your eye on so far this season. My number one, and it is not because he's a horse to follow, but I am very happy that he is one of my horses to follow, uh, and that I have him in the book for the Brown Advisory Novice Chase, is Stay Away Faye. This looks 
as natural a jumper of a fence as I, see, I think I've ever seen. Paul Nichols has always said this. This is he thinks this is a potential Grade One staying chaser in the making. He looked beaten jumping two out at Exeter on seasonal debut, but seemed like the penny dropped when when Harry Cobden went to the whip. I watched it again earlier today after the second last when he looked beaten. He just suddenly picked up again and responded mm-hmm. to 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 that crack of the whip. Pinged the last, came up out of Harry Cobden's hands, and won going away to beat Grey Dawning, who has since hammered none other than Gaillard de Menil uh, at Haydock. <laughs> although he was getting eleven pounds from him, and he had the benefit of race fitness, but still, that was a very impressive performance. And then um, Apples away um, uh, was fourteen length back in third, and she's bolted up at, uh, in the Haydock race behind yes. Grey Dawning, and she's bolted up at Leicester today, looking. Very impressive. So I think that Exeter race is strong form. Stairway Faye then went to Sandown last Friday for this new three-mile novice chase that they've moved to that, that Sandown Tingle Creek meeting. And he beat the very highly rated Gio Vinco, who a lot of people had earmarked for grade one staying novice chase honours this year, giving him three pounds. And Gio Vinco had also won very easily at Aintree the time before. And again, Stairway Faye looked like he might be in trouble. Coming to the pond fence, coming to three out, uh, and he had the interference with the loose horse, which admittedly also affected Giovinco. But he's just got such a good attitude. He finds loads for pressure uh, and is capable of putting in big leaps at the death, which shows just how much stamina he must have. As you know, Most horses are not coming up out of their jockey's hands, jumping the last in, in three-mile chases. Um, and particularly on soft ground, but that's what Stairway Fade did at Sandown, and he just looked the 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 more every stride after that last fence at Sandown, going up that that steep finishing hill, you were more and more convinced that Stairway Fade was not going to be passed. So, yeah, yeah, he's capable of popping fences, but he also responds when he's asked up. He jumps like he's been doing it for years. He looks uncomplicated, honest, talented, ground versatile. You know, I'd wondered if he might prefer a slightly better surface before last weekend at Sandown, but obviously that soft ground held no demons. So, yeah, I mean, you know, I've 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 looked Not at myself many pretty, negatives, and I'm wondering if this is through rose-tinted specs. But I've tried to take a step back and think: is this really as impressive as I think it is? And yeah, I've not seen a better novice chaser. So, if you far were to design season. a career to this date for you know a horse that you're buying or going to training with. With a view to it being a staying chaser, this is, is perfection, isn't it? So far, this is absolutely yeah. ideal. It's so linear, and to, it all makes sense. Mm. No doubts about any of it, and and it's the same when you see the horse race. And I think the more I watch racing, the more I really value attitude over the the looks in terms of how a horse performs when it's really under pressure. Yeah, Jovinko, you know, it was almost a perfect juxtaposition in that race, which was pretty much a, a match race with Jovinko in the end, where you had Jovinko absolutely, you know, his jockey motionless to two out, and then just could not find anything to to to, to just finish off Stay Away Fay, and actually Stay Away Fay was a pretty cosy winner of that, you'd have to say. Mm. Um, so yeah, Stay Away Fay is definitely in my three to continue to follow um just that but then then you look at that brown advisory novices chase division and you think goodness me this could be a race for the ages for the amount of horses that have come out and won in a visually impressive way already this season you've already mentioned gaelic warrior tbc on where he goes classical dream 
Corbett's Cross, further down, Grange Clare West, Indiana Dream, who ran at the weekend, uh, even Favori de Champdu, who beat um, Florin Porter uh, mm-hmm. the other week as well. Uh, it just keeps going on and on. And of course, I'm going to make mention, and this is my second novice chaser to continue to follow, uh, of Ile Francais. And what yeah. what happens? I mean, Boxing Day is D Day for that horse in terms of actually, is it just a French hype horse, or is it going to cut through and you know really set the cat amongst les pigeons uh, over here on Angleterre? So we'll find out in just under two weeks' time what he is all about. And I, for one, I'm thrilled uh, and also nervous in equal measure to see what this horse will do. Yeah. Oh, it's so exciting to have that. I, the, uh, most of those horses that you've mentioned, I'm not worried about because Gaelic Warrior probably isn't going to go here and the rest of them are nowhere near stay away phase class. But Ile Francais is, yeah, that's super interesting. It's just the kind of, a, there's no way of knowing Mysterious. until we see him together. Yeah. And we're not going to see him because I don't think stay away phase is going to go to the Corto Star um, on Boxing Day. But I think Ile Francais definitely is, right? So you sort yeah. of wonder, like... You know, and is it if Ile Francais wins the Corto Star, does he then go on to Cheltenham for this race? And if so, we know we might have to wait until March to to see him. But that would be, yeah, I think that would be great if you had sort of a a, a match up happening at Cheltenham um, between sort of two serious horses with a load of good form in the book that you just cannot compare in any real way other than maybe through what happens at a uh, Boxing Day I think it'd be great Kempton. for this podcast, wouldn't it? If they had a sort of finale on the Wednesday of the Cheltenham meeting and we could have a good bit of banter about that. So I'd still stick him in my top three novice chases to follow. And the other one is the aforementioned in the pocket. I just think there is a big race that this horse will win at some point this season, whether it ends up being in the kind of spring festivals post Cheltenham maybe more likely um, but I think if you continue to follow that horse it will deliver um, in the long run of this season as he did last year it required a little bit of sticking with but um, yeah uh, yeah, I know he was one you were very happy to see out the season with and it, it paid off uh, when uh, when he got to entry so yeah nice very good uh, so okay so to summarise the novice chasers for me were Fasal Vega Gaelic Warrior Stairway Fay, and for you let me try and remember in the pocket Ile Francais and Stairway, Stairway Fay were aligned on on Fay. there we she go she can't not be very good so hopefully some horses that if they do go into your tracker can pay their way over the rest of the season. And there we go. Bruno and I with our novice chasers that have impressed us more than any others so far this season. Nice to see that we're aligned on the Brown Advisory novice chase winner, Stairway Fay. Although I'm recording this uh, wrap-up on Monday evening uh, after the Cheltenham December meeting, and I'm not suggesting that I seriously think that Broadway Boy is going to beat Stairway Fay, but I'd be a little bit worried if he does end up in the Brown Advisory. And Nige being Nige, he likes to send his good ones to the best possible races, so even though I think he'd probably have a better chance in a National Hunt chase, or he'd be a 
really exciting prospect for that race. If he does turn up against Stairway Fay, I might be most worried about him based on what we've seen so far. Just what a likeable horse. Fantastic attitude to come back from those jumping mistakes down the back uh, and finish off as well as he did when it looked like that might have knocked the stuffing out of him or certainly knocked him out of his rhythm sufficiently to get him beaten. Uh, was very impressive. Anyway, hope you all had an enjoyable weekend uh, at the December meeting or watching the December meeting and hopefully a few winners in there. Bruno and I will be back with you later this week for our Christmas special episode where we are going to do our utmost to get under the skin of the vast amount of racing that takes place between Boxing Day or St. Stephen's Day if you're in Ireland um, through to New Year's Eve at Newbury. We're going to try and pick out the races to keep a particular eye on both in terms of those that are likely to be the best spectacles, but also those that are likely to produce form lines that are worth following for the remainder of the season. So, so until later this week, thanks as always for listening, and we'll see you all in three days' time. <laughs>